This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I want to tell you my secret now. I see dead people. Silent Green is people! Need my sister and my daughter! Rosebud. What's in the box? Hello and welcome to another Slate Spoiler Special. This week we'll be spoiling the new live-action Pokemon movie, Detective Pikachu. I'm June Thomas, Senior Managing Producer of the Slate Podcast Network and a host on The Waves. And I'm joined this week by Benjamin Frisch. Hey, Ben. Hello. And Daniel Schrader. Hey, Dan. Pika Pika. (laughs) Both producers for the Slate Podcast Network. All right. Detective Pikachu. First, before we begin, before we get into the story and the plot and all of that, I just wanted to kind of wants to kind of establish our Pokemon bona fides. Uh, ben, uh, how would you describe what do you know about Pokemon and when did you learn it? I mean, I was really into the games and the cartoon um, when I was in middle school. I guess so. Just so three or four years ago. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. No. Really, when the whole thing started when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, the original games. And so I have fairly strong knowledge. Like, it's it's like, you know, when you learn a language yes. at a young age, yes. like, you know, the names of all 150 original Pokemon are just like seared into my brain. I will never forget them. I've definitely forgotten much more <laughs> important things, but I will forever um, remember that a Cubone evolves into a Marowak. Indeed it does. Daniel, what about you? What's your Pokemon uh, knowledge? Uh, I would say I have a PhD in Pokemon, probably. Mm -hmm. I have played every single um, main series game, every generation, and I love all of them. I've been playing since I was a kid, and I just... I don't know. It's one of the, my favorite things to talk about with one of my best friends. We just like video chat for hours and hours about like Pokemon <laughs> theories and like reading Pokemon Pokedex oh entries God. and talking about stuff like that. So sad. I will establish my own Pokemon knowledge. I only started with Pokemon Go. And I don't know if I've mentioned it yet because we have been talking for at least 30 seconds, but I'm level 40. Thank you. And, um, and it is the thing that I'm most proud of in the world because I've never made more <laughs> effort to do anything else, even though it did take me like two years, two and a half years probably. But... I know nothing whatsoever, absolutely zero about the backstory, except for always having to ask you, like, what is this? Why is this shiny? Why has this got weird little symbols on it? So I only know, like, just the silly portable game, mobile game, whatever we call it. But I do still love it, and I'm a little bit obsessed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But now we have to talk about this film. Um, actually, one more thing before we get to the story and the plot and all that stuff. 
What did y'all think of the sort of mise-en-scene, the, the, the sort of setting of this world, the, this, this, the building of the world in which, at least in Rhyme City, Pokemon and humans live together in perfect harmony? Did you enjoy the, the vision that the movie provides of this world and the way that it looked? I'm looking at you, Ben, because you're a bit of a bit of an artist. I, I think the city is kind of stands for a lot of the problems that the movie has in that it is both this place that gives you all of this interesting noir detail. Like it's very Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. It kind of sets you in this place where like huge crowds of people and Pokemon are moving around and it's actually very impressive and really cool at first. And then like a lot of things in this movie, it just sort of drops away when it's not really convenient Mm -hmm. in the same way that so there's this kind of utopian place where Pokemon and people live together in harmony. It's not established if outside of the city people in Pokemon are like actively harassing one another. Mm -hmm. But within this city, it just serves to take that part of what Pokemon is off the table. This idea that Pokemon, that people are going to be catching Pokemon in the street or whatever, which I think was actually pretty smart from a writing point of view. Right. And and we should say before we get to Rhyme City, there is a scene, the opening scene, which I guess is supposed to introduce us to the anybody who doesn't know what a Pokemon is, to that concept of of the kind of traditional concept where Tim, the main character, and his buddy go out and hunt for Pokemon in this bizarre world in which we actually interact live and in person. I adored that scene. It really like uh, hit me in the like childhood feeling of in it all. In the jellies, would you it, say? It hit me in, yes, I felt <laughs> it in my jellies. Um, because it just, it really captured the uh, magic of what it is to like what you would imagine your first Pokemon catching experience is. Uh, Tim and his friend are like in this field and just see this Cubone crying over it's likely it's dead mother whose skull it's wearing, right. um, which is Cubone's backstory. And his friend just pulls out this Pokeball, and it's this beautiful, like, looks like it's a nice and heavy feel. Like, I just want to own it. <laughs> and he throws it, and you get the whole, like, cinematic of him. Like, the Cubone is clearly like, oh, my God, a Pokeball's coming, and starts running away. And you get, like, the Cubone, like, not wanting to be in it, and breaks out and, like, attacks him. And it just... It really felt like, oh, this is the world that I've always dreamt of mm. being in. Wow. And and it's like there is an entire other movie that followed from that scene that was a totally different movie. Because that scene has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah, Just to establish what it could be like elsewhere, which is interesting in a way because it felt... I don't want to use the word brave because... Although I just did, but that, that's that's giving far too much credit to Nintendo or Niantic or whoever or Game Freak. Game Freak, thank you, or the Pokemon Company. Yeah, or the Pokemon Company, who clearly whose IP is involved here, because certain things that are essential to the world of Pokemon are, to a certain extent, kind of dismissed as maybe cruel, catching Pokemon, hunting Pokemon, and also battling, which is a big part of the the world of the game right yeah though i will say in in this movie at least the only battle we get is clearly like an underground illegal battle that like isn't supposed to be happening so you imagine that there probably is some sort of like sanctioned like stadium battling going on somewhere see my reading of that was that outside of rhyme city battling was normal but that in this world where things are a bit different where there is more equality between the whatever they are that that their uh battling is 
prohibited. There yeah. definitely is battling because we do see at the beginning there's some uh, montage that has like a big stadium. Well, and, and, and we see the posters in say like Jota League and things yeah. like that. Yeah, we see posters, but th- those could be from like another era. They do seem well, they're old because they're from Tim's old bedroom. I definitely yeah, think so. I definitely think that it's it um, is contemporary because yeah. like that's the whole reason to become a Pokemon trainer, which was Tim's mm. uh, like original thing that he wanted to do as a kid. But right. then the day of his 11th birthday, which is when he's supposed to get his Pokemon, that is um, as we'll find out is when the day his mom dies and so like that whole thing gets a wrench thrown in it so he doesn't actually get his Pokemon and get to go on this like trip see I didn't realize that the 11th birthday was when 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 a man becomes a a pokey when a boy becomes a Pokemon. Yes, his Poke Mitzvah. I see. I see. I didn't know that. See, this is where having some knowledge of the world uh, causes you to miss things. His Pokedex portion. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I think that like probably Rhyme City is the place where like there isn't a gym where there isn't a place for him to like build up his stack of badges that he can then enter the Pokemon League with. Uh-huh. Rhyme City is probably like a place that is established in opposition uh-huh. to that culture, which makes sense. Right. I personally loved the aesthetic of Rhyme City. I I thought it was great. I wanted to live there. Like I I just love the idea of like seeing all these Pokemon just running yeah. around, like the little Joltik just running along the electric lines and the like Amolga and all the like I don't know everything about them. It's just like living with Pokemon in Midtown. Yeah. Just like too. Mu- it was a little Time too square. crowded for me. I know. I know. But and and I wish they'd been. Like there were a few jokes, like the, the the ones you just mentioned, but also like you know that Squirtle are firefighters. That was pretty funny, but like we only had a couple of those, and then it did. It, it wasn't clear, like a lot of the film, if it was good or bad. Well, and I also found it interesting, like the abundance with which we saw certain Pokemon. Like it makes sense, of course, that we're going to see a lot of Squirtle, Charmander, Bulbasaur because those are like very known characters. Mm-hmm. But also, in, it's interesting to me because, like, in the games themselves and in the world of Pokemon, like. The reason that Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle are special is because they are rare. Uh And so, like, that's why when you get them in the beginning of the game, you can't get the other two because they are such rare Pokemon that, like, Professor Oak found. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to see how they, like, changed those types of things to just so that we could recognize them more. Yeah, And things like Apom, which are not from... They're from, the, they're from yeah. the second generation, which actually the second generation and the first generation Pokemon were actually designed um, mostly at the same time. Ah, uh-huh. And they just chose the first 150 to release. And then they released the second wave when they released the second generation. I think second generation is the best generation. but I'll, <laughs> I'll get off my. Okay. Well, um, well, well, this is just too controversial. Let's mm-hmm. get back to the movie um, because we should just kind of establish a little bit. So Tim, played by Justice Smith, is the main character. Ben set us up where. So we do meet him, first of all doing like one I guess last poke hunt with his buddy who's worried about him because his buddy's leaving town and Tim is like just he's lonely he doesn't have family it seems like he doesn't have a Pokemon companion uh, what do they call it Pokemon partner yeah and he won't have any friends because his friends have left town and he's kind of in this stunted state of development insurance adjuster you, you know for all the talk this movie has about the relationship between humans and Pokemon the actual nitty-gritty details of how human beings interact with Pokemon is never established. Like, there's all of this talk. It's like, oh, you don't have a Pokemon partner? Because Justice Smith's character, Tim, does not have a Pokemon partner. But it's never 
and it seems like other people do, but it's not clear what that means. Is it kind of like in his dark materials, like to have a and know, why to have do, a daemon and or, and why does everyone only have like one? Because yeah. like in the games and stuff, it's like you have up to six that you can have at one time, and so if you choose your one, are you just stuck with that one? Like if I catch a Cuban as my first Pokemon, am I stuck with Cuban and Marowak forever? Because like honestly, that's gonna be a nightmare. Not great, especially if I go up against a water type. You know, um, <laughs> well, and also one of the things you know in the world. Again, of Rhyme City, especially because it feels like it's a little bit of a paradise for Pokemon. Like, they still don't have personal names. They're still Pikachu or Squirtle or Psyduck. They're not, they're not individuals well, uh, and for the most part. That, that brings up something I want to get to at the end about where Pokemon go when they die. But um, we'll talk about that <laughs> or later. Or even how they reproduce. But I guess there are lots of questions about how humans that reproduce that aren't addressed in this movie. But Ben, let's get back to the story. Mm-hmm. So after that setup, what happens? So Tim gets a call from the Rhyme City Police Department telling him that his father has perished or just that there's been a a terrible car accident. Well, and we've Uh seen, like, in a prior scene, a cutaway where, like, Mewtwo is, like, kept in this lab and all of a sudden he, like, bursts forth because he sees, like, a guy getting away in a car and so he like flies after the car which I didn't realize that Mewtwo could learn fly but um, (laughs) he flies after the car and then um, like throws a power ball or something at him that's not a moving Pokemon I know Um, and (laughs) the car like flips and clearly like whoever is in this might have died and then we come to find out that that was um, Tim's dad yeah Yes, and so he goes to Rhyme City, goes to the police department, he talks to Ken Watanabe, who seems to have no idea what he's doing in this movie, (laughs) Um, and then goes to his apartment where... To his father's apartment. To his father's apartment. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I, I liked the first third of the movie, I think for a lot of its kind of noir detail. Mm-hmm. Like, it really does kind of start out with this noir feeling the first time you meet the character of Lucy, played by Catherine Newton, who... Best known for from her supernatural days. <laughs> she, I, I sort of thought that she was great in yeah. this. She's, uh, she's a kind of hard-boiled newspaper Fast reporter. Fast-talking. Yeah, yes. in this like kind of cartoony, fun way. And she first appears in Shadow, and it's like this very noir, like woman steps into the detective's office kind of moment. But she's also strong and smart and knowledgeable. Yeah. It felt yeah. playful, like who's um, who framed Roger Rabbit vibes yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really it, cute, meet cute. And she, she somehow knows that Tim's father was involved in some kind of big story. And for whatever reason, Tim is like not interested in learning anything about that. Partly because he soured on his dad. Like he uh-huh. didn't have a good relationship with his dad, as, as may be clear by now after Cubone was the first uh, Pokemon that we met. Like the big theme of this movie is estranged fathers and sons, especially, but sort of generations. Well, and I think that like his like hatred of, well, not hatred, his like, feelings toward his father is also tied up in his lack of getting a Pokemon partner when he was right. 11. Like, right. all of this is tied up in itself. You kind of find out when he goes into his dad's uh, apartment, like, you get the flashbacks of his, you see an image of his mom, and clearly, like, you didn't know this going mm-hmm. into it, but I knew because 11-year-old, that's just how the anime <laughs> works. 
like you get like, oh, the reason that he feels this animosity towards his father and towards Pokemon is because like this moment was taken away from him because his mother was taken away from him. Right. And it's just so sad. Yeah. So he's he's this father whose house he's visiting, like you see the 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 bedroom that he had when he was a kid, but he's not been back since he was ten years old and now he's coming up on twenty one. But we're so we're but we're in the middle of this mystery and then suddenly he finds in Harry Goodman's apartment a mysterious vial. Yeah, and so this is where the movie really kind <laughs> of goes off the rails for me. Where it's like He's searching through files, his dad's files that are like mysterious ancient Mew fossil found or something, which is like, by the way, if he had just bothered to read his father's <laughs> files, like the entire movie could have been skipped. But he he finds a vial of some kind that everybody calls R yeah. for some reason because yeah. it has the rough shape of an R on it, I guess. And it's like this sort of um, dark purple gas that when released, uh, it, it's kind of like paint huffing for Pokemon, I guess. It just makes them very angry. Yeah. Um, And uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the gas, Tim releases a vial of gas and the Pokemon just kind of burst in. So there are Pokemon kind of hanging out, like there's some Apom just kind of hanging out on the the porch or in the, what do you call that? Fire escape, just hanging. And then they sniff this gas and then they become like, crazy mad monkeys but before they like break into the apartment he like sprays himself with the gas and then he like is walking around the apartment hears some scurrying and then all of a sudden that's right there is pikachu with a little detective hat on that's right i can't believe i forgot to mention detective pikachu (laughs) um and the odd thing which again i didn't realize how revolutionary this was not knowing the backstory was that tim can understand pikachu um like that is they can communicate they can talk like human to human and i guess that in most cases uh humans and pokemon whatever their connection they just they they, they're not mutually comprehensible humans just hear pokemon making like pika pika yeah they just basically say their name yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except for meowth in the anime who can talk in normal human sentences all the other pokemon they just communicate in their own words and they can understand each other Uh but they can't understand humans got it and i i think that i will say we haven't we haven't even talked about like the way the Pokemon look in this movie, which yeah. I, I hope we will. But Pikachu in this movie looks incredible. Yeah. Like oh, the, the fur, the fur, the animation. You know Ryan Reynolds' voice acting on him. I I think that as, as insofar as this movie works, it is entirely because of the digital performance yeah. of. It's Ryan Rollins is part Pikachu. of it. I really think is the eyes. Like Pikachu's yeah. eyes are so they're human, but they're also like more than human, and yeah. like it just they're very expressive. Yes, yeah. they're so cute. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about more. Like you, not just Pikachu, but did you think that they they all were? Were there any that you were uncertain of? I or? thought that most of the Pokemon in this movie were actively grotesque looking. Uh-huh. Like they're in a in a way that. I found really weird, but also kind of liked. Yeah, I, I don't know if this was intentional. I suspected it probably wasn't. But in the way that they've tried to translate these two-dimensional anime characters into a world in which they could theoretically appear in the same frame as human beings, they've made them realistic enough so that they fall into this kind of uncanny valley area. And so like Psyduck, mm-hmm. like there's just some some quality about about it that just looks very odd 
not in a this looks like fake CG Mm -hmm. kind of way, but there's something uh, a little bit chthonic about it. Like this is actually a mysterious creature that I don't quite want to know or understand. Mm -hmm. They all seem to look a little wet. Which, I mean, yeah. is just the part of the CGI, I'm sure. Um, I personally, yeah, sure, they might have looked grotesque. I loved all of them. I yeah. loved it so much. I wanted more of them. I honestly would watch a movie that was just a nature documentary about Pokemon. Or the, uh, the t- today we're recording this on Wednesday, and Ryan Reynolds did a little trick today where he tweeted out, hey, the whole movie is, avail- you know, is available on YouTube. And if you follow the link, you basically get, Pikachu doing aerobics for an hour and 40 minutes and it's magnificent. Honestly, it might be better than the real movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I guess we should get back to the plot. Oh, I guess let's get back. But mm. they do look amazing and and like I, I, whatever qualms and quibbles I might have about the film, I would definitely see it again for the, the experience of seeing them, like being with them, the, the sort of the fantasy of, of living alongside these oh, pocket I monsters. I am seeing it again. Yeah, me too. 100%. Me too. But anyway, we so the... <laughs> ben the, rolls the, his the, eyes. Uh, yes. I mean, I, look, I I did not detest this movie or anything. I do not need to see this movie again, though. Like More seats for us. <laughs> exactly. More seats for us. Okay, so the R is released, and we know that it makes the Pokemon Go So the goofy. APOM break in, they, like, wreck everything and so tim and pikachu have to like run away and then slowly like the r wears off mm-hmm. on the ape palm i thought that so, that was a great action sequence yeah. yeah that was maybe my favorite one in the whole movie i was gonna say i liked all of the action sequences i don't usually see action movies but just for various reasons i've recently seen avengers endgame and of course have been a ton on game of thrones and they're usually the bits that i'm sort of twiddling my thumbs through it's just not the bit that i enjoy and i actively enjoy these they don't go on too long they're believable there is this concept of like winnable battles and different traits and different strengths that i thought was really made sense and and was genuinely entertaining and and felt kind of real and you also had that feeling of peril which is very um good to have when that's what's what they're trying to achieve okay so then what happens so then um he realizes that like something must be up with this R. So he and Pikachu, they go get some coffee. They talk about it. Pikachu loves coffee in this movie. Indeed. Can't get enough. And then they go back to the apartment, go to bed, wake up the next morning. And Pikachu has apparently set up the whole night and just does the whole like crazy yarn connecting all my clues thing. Right. That doesn't really lead anywhere, but right. like is funny. Yeah. And they end up going to CNM which is the news network of Rhyme City, to visit this reporter who's really just an intern who writes listicles, apparently. <laughs> an unpaid intern, which I did not yeah, like no, hearing. Uncle. No, Pay no, no. your Uncle. intern. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Interns deserve it. And so they, he just, like, gets into the TV studio while they, like, I don't understand yeah, yeah. how that happens because, like, it just seems like no nobody was checking his, any names at the door. He just, like, walks in and is, like, watching them film a segment. Um, they have very poor security at CNM. And that was another, revealed another kind of confusing area of Pokemon life because at CNM, sorry, CNM, yeah. CNM. At CNM, there were Pokemon who were... Who had jobs? Right, who were like workers. there's an octillery, like clearly helping with the like camera crew, and right. the Squirtle is like squirts water for the man to come and mop up. And, 
which yeah. is an important job. But then there are just companion Pokemon who are just there like with their partners. Well, and then like a, do those Pokemon that are just there as staff, do they get a salary? Exactly. How does that are work? they more unpaid interns? I mean, come on. There's just lack of clarity on the, the economics. When, when you think about it, all Pokemon are unpaid interns. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, God. We're about to get to the capitalism <laughs> criticizing of this story. Well, like they, I didn't see any berries. I thought it was no. a little bit Though, sad. actually, one thing I did love seeing is there was like a montage of Pokemon and humans over history and they showed like cave drawings and they showed the Egyptian like hieroglyphics and imagery of Pokemon and what I loved is in the cave drawings it was clear that like the human was giving the Pokemon what's called an apricorn, which is actually like the precursor to an actual Pokeball. Uh-huh. And it's actually what Pokeballs were first made out of. They were wow. made out of apricorns. And so it was really cool to just see that like little nod to uh-huh. like a very specific part of Pokemon lore come through in that moment. Did not get that. Needless to say. I know. I know. It's uninteresting. But <laughs> no, no, so, no, it's fascinating. So we're in CNM and uh-huh. that's when we finally meet the potential like... The big bad. The big bad of the story. So we meet Bill Nye playing Howard Clifford. and it's just Bill Nye. Nye, sorry, yeah. So we meet Bill Nye playing Howard Clifford, the CNM magnate. He's basically like the... Rupert uh, Murdoch. Rupert Ru- <laughs> 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 He's basically the Rupert Murdoch. And his son, uh, Roger Clifford, played by Chris Gere, better known for... Uh, You're the Worst. You're the Worst, which is such a good show. So... Clearly, we see them like fighting and we're set up to think like, oh, Chris is the bad guy. The son is the bad guy. More daddy issues. Exactly. We think it might be Roger Clifford, the son of Howard Clifford. Howard Clifford played by Bill Nye. So after we meet these people, Lucy then takes Tim back to her office, which is just clearly a um, closet of some sort. (laughs) And she shows him a bunch of other vials of art that she has collected and says that she found them near the dock. So that's when we get to go to the dock and get the Mr. Mime scene, which was so fun. That, I loved the Mr. Mime that, scene. Really? That scene, though, was scary to me because... So this is a scene where, you know, in Mr. Mime is a character in Pokemon Go, a European regional, who is a, <laughs> is a mime. And it was great that they had to get information. And Mr. Mime was the only character there, the only Pokemon there. And so they were trying to get him to speak, but he's a mime. But then the way that they did it was to kind of threaten him with mime. And they were like dousing him with gasoline and then like miming lighting a match. Like that was legitimately straight up terrifying and very cruel. I mean, I loved it because like, yeah, it's cruel. But at the same time, if you think about it, like all of this is mime. And so like even the pain that he would be inflicting upon himself is mime joke pain. Like this is it was all for comedy. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I loved about it. When Tim was like, "Okay, fine, I'm going to meet this guy on his level and like opens the invisible door (laughs) and gets the invisible gasoline can. I think it's fun. Yeah, it escalated quickly. I was not prepared for that. It did. But um, it was really cute. Yes. But what did they learn from that? That's where they learned about the fights. Oh, right. So, right. so then they went to the underground uh, battle emporium and Pikachu has a battle with a Charizard. Yeah. So they, they go to this underground battle place. It's not actually underground. It's underground in the sense it's like yes. illegal. Yes. yes. Um, and there's uh, Diplo is there for some reason. Did not um, catch that. What, what, are the, what are the Pokemon that like make sounds? Oh, those are... Um, Lodred. Well, I believe... Oh, yeah, you're right. Those were Loudred. They were not Exploud, which is the final evolution. But, yeah, those were Loudreds. Okay, so he's using those to, I guess, play music while also people battle Pokemon illegally. Um, sort of one of the, the head honchos notices Tim and the detective Pikachu 
and um, apparently his dad has had some dealings here, and so... Right, and he's upset uh, because that Pikachu harmed his Charizard and his coat. And so this head honcho guy, he's he owns a Charizard, I guess. Mm-hmm. He has a tattoo of a Charizard on his chest, which, as I said before we started taping, is just like a little bit too on the nose, totally. I think. Yeah, um, tacky. Very tacky. And so for some reason, Pikachu is very excited to get into a battle with this Charizard, which seems a little crazy even for as um, feisty and fun as this little Pikachu is. Not a great idea. Especially because just before the battle, somebody, I don't know if it's the the tattoo guy, um, breaks open some R and makes the Charizard bonkers. It is the tattoo um, guy. He does break open the R and... The other reason it's crazy is because like Pikachu has been suffering from amnesia, amnesia this whole time, so we he doesn't to mention that because we have amnesia too, right? Mm-hmm. So like he doesn't actually remember his moves, and so we get this moment where it is actually useful in terms of an expository sense if you don't actually play Pokemon and know all the moves. Where Tim lists like, oh well, these are the moves you can do, Pikachu, and so you should do this one. Try Volt Tackle, and <laughs> Pikachu's like, I can't do Volt Tackle; it'll knock me out. Which is weird because he also doesn't seem to know how to use his moves because when he gets <laughs> in the battle with Charizard, he's then just running around and does really know what to do and is just scared. He has performance anxiety. It's like, as I hear, there's a problem that men have when they go into the bathroom at a stadium and there's just a big trough. I hear there's a, it causes a similar problem. That's what I hear. I don't know. I've, I've never experienced that myself, <laughs> but I'm not shy about using public restrooms. I think everyone should just do it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then Tim is like, well, I got to save Pikachu. So he hops in the ring too because he knows that this Charizard is like zonked out on R. He yeah. saw the tattoo guy give it to him. And so he basically like grabs the Charizard's tail and starts stomping out the tail flame and that disrupts everything but then the tattoo guy's like oh no I need to hop in here and stop what's going on too to save my Charizard and his Charizard ends up knocking him over and that like crushes all of these vials of R that he had in his coat and then causes the entire room to go crazy because there's tons of Pokemon right right yeah and so everyone, it's, it's all crazy. Everyone's running to get out. And Tim and Pikachu are like, I don't know what to do. At one point, an um, aquarium with a Magikarp in it breaks. And you just see this Magikarp flopping around. And my first thought was, oh, no, Magikarp. Like, it, it can't breathe. What's, uh, <laughs> I like, got actually worried about it. And so then Pikachu's like, you know what? Magikarp can evolve into Gyarados. So it just <laughs> needs a swift kick. So he like throws the Magikarp and it just does nothing. It splashes because that's what Magikarp does. And they're about to get like roasted by the Charizard. And then all of a sudden the Gyarados evolves and it just looms over the Charizard and does some sort of water attack that flushes them all out into the street. Yeah. And that was cool. Like it's, it's, it was very smart of them to make the RB like a relatively short work drug you know like it wears off pretty quickly so we don't have to overwork any of these plot lines like they get flushed out by the Gyarados and then by then the I would say off. the entire plot was underworked yeah but. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> well, true I mean so we should say this movie has four writers credited I th- on it or actually, is it only four I thought it was more like seven I mean I'm Oof. sure that there are plenty of other people yeah, who yeah. touched this but yes. you know one of the problems with this movie is that the mechanics of you know to use to borrow a term from fantasy literature like the magic system is not clearly laid out like if you have no idea what pokemon are or that they evolve like that's not even really explained and why magic carp evolves at this point like it just it it doesn't ring true it just rings as convenient yeah so there's not a lot of tension no i think anybody who had i mean i think 
even though, I mean, I've, I don't know if I've mentioned, but I'm level 40. So, I mean, obviously, I'm a pretty expert in Pokemon Go. But I would not have, I, I barely understood what was going on. So, I think anybody who didn't have a sense, it didn't know anything about the Pokemon system would be completely and utterly. But then they wouldn't go. Like, this is, it's bios for us. Yeah, kind of exactly. It's, it's not it's not for people who don't know or care about Pokemon, except for a few parents, probably. Yes. Um, so after the big Gyarados incident, Tim and Pikachu get taken to the police station where we see Ken Watanabe again and um, <laughs> still confused why he's there. <laughs> totally. So then after that, Tim goes and meets with Bill Nye's character. Oh, right, because Tim thinks that his, Tim has been told that his father is alive and Ken Watanabe's like, he's dead and he shows him a film, uh, like surveillance film of the accident and like nobody could survive that and so then Tim's like okay but then he goes and he meets Bill Nye he's summoned I guess by Howard Clifford who is basically the king of Rhyme City the founder and the unofficial mayor and there Howard Clifford who's in a wheelchair shows him a very complicated like what do you call it holographic uh, reconstruction and we see that actually Mewtwo appeared and maybe caused the accident and then apparently like just immolated his father right oh no yeah, what well he, he it, what, lo- it looked like he made pikachu lose his memory right and thanked pikachu for doing something right and then kidnapped the kidnapped his father right so, and so yes. he's like oh my dad is still alive yes so that prompts him and lucy to hop in the car with their two pokemon which psyduck and Pikachu's interaction in this whole movie are so cute. I love them. Like, they they should just do a buddy comedy together. Um, So, they all drive out to this um, science center where we saw the Mewtwo explosion happen. Right. And they, like, break in, get in there, and Lucy and Tim start exploring and see that, like, oh, they're doing genetic testing on Pokemon to try and, like, manipulate evolutions or manipulate powers. There's, like, these series of green ninjas who are there who seem to, like, have superhuman capabilities. And there's, like, a, a little terrarium for these Torterra mm-hmm. who are like tur- turtles with, with with like entire worlds on their back exactly right? yeah. and so then as they're exploring that Tim and Pikachu go off on their own and find the Mewtwo lab and start clicking on some files and that's when we get another weirdly specific holographic <laughs> that you're like what's how was this made a I don't get it a lot of this movie is exposition is told through flashbacks in a way that is bad yes i mean yeah that's the same is true of war and peace let's just say i mean i think this is of course the pokemon equivalent of war and peace yes this is the war and peace of our time yeah and so then that's when we get to meet um our lovely rita ora who is the (laughs) head scientist um non-american singer rita ora dr ann laurent yes and we realize that she and her crew of scientists have been experimenting on Mewtwo. We don't really know why yet or how yeah, or like I mean, what's going on. Yeah, something genetic, like yeah. something uncool, something that they're trying humans to extract Mewtwo's DNA. And that's how they end up getting R, which is like extracted from Mewtwo. And it's unclear exactly how the R comes from Mewtwo or how they like the R does this thing that they need it to do. And but. It does, because yeah, plot. Exactly. And so then, all of a sudden, the Greninja get released. It seems like Roger Clifford has released all of these Greninja yeah. and are now attacking and chasing everyone. So Lucy, Tim, Psyduck, and Pikachu have to like run out of the building and get away from them. And all of a sudden, they're like getting chased by the Greninja, and finally, Psyduck 
releases his power because Psyduck is just this like harmless Pokemon that does nothing until all of a sudden his headache hurts so bad that he releases this shockwave of, of psychic energy that just like disrupts everything around for like it seemed like a 50 mile radius or something. Yeah, I, I can so relate to that. I think I might actually if I, if we're all secretly Pokemon, I think I might be a Psyduck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Torterra, so the Torterra thing happens, and that's when Pikachu gets hurt. And so that's right, Pikachu that's gets right. hurt, and they see a Bulbasaur nearby. And Tim was told by Pikachu earlier that like Pokemon can't understand your words, but they can understand your feelings. Right. And so he expresses his feelings to this like wild Bulbasaur. That's like I need to find a healing Pokemon. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, great, they're gonna go find a like a wild Chansey. This is very exciting. <laughs> and so they like these wild Bulbasaur appear and start like walking off with Pikachu and Tim. And they're like, no, I'm sorry, Lucy, you can't come with us. And so Lucy's like, I'll meet you back at the car. So they go along this like into this like wooded area. We see a bunch of little Morlul come up, and you see some like comfy in the like trees and stuff. These are all Pokemon names. Um, And (laughs) it turns out that they're bringing him to Mewtwo, who's been hiding kind of nearby, but not like in a very obvious place. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, great. Mewtwo is here. And Mewtwo like thanks Pikachu for bringing the sun to him. And then all of a sudden. And we think, oh, my God. Pikachu is a is a is a quizzling. He's 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 betrayed uh, Tim. Tim. Yeah. But uh, it turns out he hasn't. Though he don't know that yet, but um, so it seems like Roger Clifford then appears, the son of Howard Clifford appears, and like has these like robots that capture Mewtwo and put him back in the hole basically, and takes him back to Rhyme City. Which is not established that robots are capable of doing that in this world. And they're or magnetons, society. right? Like, no, those weren't. Were, those ah, are just. Those are just like robots. Random robots. No, we yeah. didn't get a magneton or magna might or magnezone in this movie. <laughs> um, Erasure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so then we go back to Rhyme City, but Pikachu's like, oh, I, I don't remember doing this, but like, I must be a bad guy. So like, go on without me. Right. So Pikachu like kind of goes off on his own research quest while they head back to the city. And when they get to Rhyme City, this is a, a nice meta reference because it's almost like it's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. And there are all these balloons, many of which, of course, are of Pokemon, just like Pikachu at last year's. Mm-hmm. Macy's Day Parade. There's like a Gengar. There's a Charmander. There's yeah. Yeah. There's Snorlax and and the and so you know wonderful. We can we recognize this situation. Oh yes, it's a big crowds. Blah blah. And then we learn, and I'm realizing I'm very very vague on the plot that oh. Howard that Howard no that Cliff that Howard Clifford is actually an evil mastermind, and he is shocking. Yeah, I know. Whoa. <laughs> And he has, you know, like the the typical, you know, mental connection on, and he's actually connecting himself up to Mewtwo um, to try to like revive his, you know, well, his withered body. No, it's not even to revive his withered body. It's literally to take over the body of Mewtwo, so that right. he is now controlling Mewtwo and like has transferred his consciousness into this Pokemon because it's the strongest Pokemon. It is. So yes, it's the strongest being. Well, it's the it's yeah. not necessarily yeah, no, the strongest Pokemon. We're In not going to get story. into <laughs> mythical Pokemon, which I don't really understand how he has all these posters of like mythical Pokemon on his walls if they don't really exist or if they do. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> then Mewtwo's like basically just wrecking everyone's shit. Right. And he it turns out that like all of these balloons had been filled with R gas. Natch. And so 
as Howard Mewtwo is explaining the his whole like evil plot to us, it turns out that Mewtwo has this special power where he can transfer the souls of human beings into Pokemon, right. but only if the Pokemon are like not in control of themselves, hence the need for the R. Right. So then R gets released upon the entire Rhyme City population, and Mewtwo just like crashes out of the CNM like upper story window and just starts zapping people and turning them into their Pokemon companions. Right. Um, which gets to a, yeah. This this is just the moment where I can feel the screenwriter's like drafts colliding into yeah. one another. Yeah. Like the idea that the you have to have the the R makes Pokemon uncontrollable, but also in order to control them, they have to be uncontrollable on the R yeah it's it just makes no sense and as Forrest Wickman our slate colleague pointed out to me on the way back from the screening yesterday this is just the plot of the is it the 1991 Batman or the 19 the first <laughs> it's the Tim first Tim Burton Batman like with the gas in the oh my goodness. In, in the, the balloons. balloons yeah but then like this leads to the question that I have which is what happens to all of these people's bodies? Because it is... <laughs> the rapture. Because it seems like their bodies get put into the Pokemon's bodies, but like Bill Nye's body doesn't do that when he gets like right. transferred into the consciousness of Mewtwo because it's like some other way. But then Mewtwo has a special power where he can like put human s- souls and seems bodies into Pokemon. But then that makes me wonder, like, do Pokemon have souls? Yeah, um, exactly. Because if they do, then like... Are they getting like overwritten, or right. like are they just an empty husk that needs a soul, and so the Pokemon, yeah. like the human, goes into it? I guess my question is: Do all Pokemon go to heaven? Yeah, this is this is just not answered. This is one of the great, you know, just unanswered questions right. of the film, and I think really the biggest one is about the souls of Pokemon. So um, Pikachu all yeah. this time is like still out in the wilderness like yeah. not feeling that he's a bad man yeah, or a bad Pokemon a bad Pokemon and so he stumbles upon the crash site and finds a Greninja throwing star and realizes that oh no the image that we were shown by uh, Howard Clifford wasn't actually what happened and Mewtwo is actually a good guy and so Pikachu is actually a good guy so he like runs back to the city somehow With super speed it's just like Game of Thrones where he manages to to like cross massive oceans in like 30 seconds especially but when we've had like previous scenes where he has said like it takes it's like 1000 steps for every right. one of mine for one of yours right. so like that's fine yeah. but then he like ends up back in the city just in time to like join in the battle and fight against Mewtwo and as he's fighting against Mewtwo Tim finds Roger Clifford the son tied up in Howard's right. office right. you find out the guy who's been masquerading as Roger Clifford is actually Howard's Pokemon companion, a Ditto, and that's why he's always been wearing these sunglasses, because Ditto can transform everything except for his eyes. And it's this really weird thing where, like, this Ditto can be, like, people? Yeah. I did not like that. No, I think that they explained that away by saying that this was a special (laughs) genetically modified Ditto or something, Mm -hmm. because canonically, I don't think that they do that. No. Well, and also it was weird because, like, the R seemed to work differently on the Ditto than it did on every other Pokemon in that, like, the R made Ditto, like, go crazy, but then, like, turn into five different things and then just turn into a pile of slush. Right. Which is just very weird. They just, weird. like, murdered it. Yeah. yeah oh, the exactly. Ditto died. Yeah. For sure. The only, Like, there were Pokemon harmed in the making of this movie. Totally. totally. And so then we find out that, like, yes, Howard has been the villain all along and we knew it and actually Roger's a good guy. And so they, like, fight against the Mewtwo. Tim, like, rips the 
the like the the headpiece thing the, yeah, the, the, the head cerebro connector. Yeah, type yeah. thing yes. off of Bill Nye's head it causes Mewtwo to like wake up and become himself again and we don't really know what happens to Bill Nye but we assume yeah. like prison forever yeah um, it's yeah, the, the ending really just I mean it's funny as you described the plot and I mean we saw this movie less certainly less than 24 hours I'm not going to do the math but less than 24 hours ago and I was just like oh wait what what I mean and I was paying attention. I was. I wasn't distracted. I was liking it, and I just. I mean, it doesn't. It it doesn't make sense, but it also doesn't matter. Like I left the movie thinking, "Oh, that was great," but yeah, it doesn't stand up. But then the part that I even left thinking, "What the?" was that once the the evil reign of of Howard Clifford has been dispensed with, we then have to kind of figure out, okay, how can we fix all of these dreadful things that he did? And the the chosen method seems to be that. Mewtwo, like sure, can turn back time, and so he eventually. It seems. Am I wrong in thinking that he just essentially like I turns back the clock? I don't think he turns no. back time. I think he just reverses the thing he did. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, that's right. But like yeah. he exerts right. his power again. It's yeah. very vague and yeah. Deus Ex Machina. Right. It's like okay. And we learn, and and off camera, like they didn't like it for a movie that has fantastic CGI. Like they didn't do anything, at least that I noticed, to actually show the actual Harry Goodman um, kind of coming out of the Pikachu, right? Like, it's Oh, yeah, just... that, we haven't even gotten to this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it turns out that his dad has been with him all along. Because Pikachu can't talk. It's that Harry's, bod- Harry's soul or whatever it is. We're, we're saying soul. That's not part of the mechanics of the movie, but that's, cle- you know, it's clearly what it is. No, they did say soul. Oh, did in, they? Did yes. They? Sorry. So, so that Harry's soul has been in Pikachu, that Pikachu's words have been Harry's words, effectively, and that this bond between Pikachu and Tim was actually Harry and Tim but rebonding. But like, why, why does that mean that they can talk? <laughs> like it doesn't. They're, well, it, and that's also unclear yeah, because, yeah. like, it seems like maybe the like when they get transferred into their bodies, like some people can understand each other, but not. It's, yeah, yeah. They never understand the right. mechanic. The, actually, yeah. the, me- the metaphysics of this yes. movie are uh, unclarified. I feel like such a grouch. I'm sorry. I no. just feel like such a grouch. Here's the thing. We can do this. We can pull it apart. And we can also say this is a movie for like five-year-olds, right? So like probably... This and, is a and, movie and the, for me too. And the adults that, that have to take them there. I found it a little... I, I found it thinking that maybe it would be a little stressful for really young kids. I you see, I don't know children. I wondered about that too. Because like there are... Like this thing with moms and dads and separation also felt like a source of anxiety. Fathers and children especially, but feels like a source of stress yes anxiety as you said but also in the end like it's all they love each other and they realize the bond was unfairly and we find out that his dad is actually ryan reynolds right like that i did kind of like actually (laughs) but that's because i'm here for ryan reynolds all the time it's really interesting how they seem to kind of close that door on a sequel like part of me i mean the idea Mm. that ryan reynolds or that the pikachu was going to be his dad the whole time that had been floating around since the first trailer dropped because it's so obvious. But it, I was like, oh, that's probably not the case because it seems too obvious. And also, <laughs> then they can't keep making more of these right, movies. Right. And so, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I think it's an admirable quality that the movie ended the way that it did. But it's nice that this movie had an ending yeah, yeah, yeah. that just wasn't just like, stay tuned for the next one. Right, right. No, I, I agree with that. And I also feel, as I 
don't think you're saying that there's no way we could ever have another Pikachu movie or another Pokemon movie because clearly that is very much on the cards. But just with, you know, not not the same situation, not the same scenario. And we should say the movie's name is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. So maybe they'll do some kind of anthology thing and the next one will be like... um, Bulbasaur. Pokemon, what's a good job title? Barbara Bulbasaur. I mean... I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Barbara Bulbasaur. I like it. Civil engineer Squirtle. Right. (laughs) I I would think more like landscape design Bulbasaur or something. But yeah, 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 any of those uh, I think would be a blast. Drag queen Jinx. No, we don't talk about Jinx. We don't talk about Jinx. Um, Now, I think we've really pulled this movie apart in all the ways that we can. Well, okay, we could all go on for another hour, but we shouldn't. Um, So... Let's just skip to the to the traditional final question, which is, would you recommend this movie to others? You've been the grouchiest, Ben, so I'm going to ask you first. Would you recommend this movie to, I'll, I'll make it a two-part question, to sort of playful adults, A, and B, children? Um, I don't think that I would recommend it, but I wouldn't stop people from going to see it. Like, this movie seems to exist outside of, any, like, people are going to see this movie regardless of its uh, quality. Yeah. Like, I expect that this movie is going to make a billion, trillion dollars yeah, this bazillion. weekend. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are definitely worse movies that that could have, that that could happen to. Yes. But on a personal, like, critical level, like, this movie doesn't really work. But it's also not torturous. Yeah. If no. you find yourself going to it, you won't have the worst time in the world, but I can't personally recommend it. Daniel? Oh, run, everyone, go see it. It's amazing. <laughs> I loved it so much. Take me to go see it. I will see it with you. I'll tell you all the things that you might miss. Yes. Um, I think, okay, yeah, I'm being a, a bit hyperbolic. I think if you've never heard of Pokemon or you've only, like, ever seen it in passing, no, you're not going to have fun. But, like, if so, if Pokemon is something from your childhood or if you as a child are currently enjoying this and also listening to the spoiler special, good on you. Um <laughs> Go see it. You're going to have a good enough time. You will enjoy yourself. I'm ready to go see it again at least once, maybe twice, just because, like, it's a fun world to live in. And that's really what I'm here for. See, that's why I would recommend it, because I uh, clearly we've established I apparently forgot or just didn't even take in gigantic portions of the plot. But it doesn't matter one bit because I just had so much fun seeing humans and Pokemon interacting just trying to figure out like so wait are they their pets are they their like slaves like just wondering what their relationships were just all the questions about are they workers are they volunteers have they been you know just all of these questions that came up and that I enjoyed thinking about like I would go and see it just for the look of it again and and to have more of those kinds of questions like sparked but I agree, the plot doesn't actually make much sense. You know, the Pokemon games are kind of uniquely utopian mm. in in the way that they posit the relationships between human beings and Pokemon. And in some ways, I kind of wish this... I mean, this was obviously not going to happen because <laughs> even as weird as this movie is in some ways, it eventually conforms to the final, you know, the Marvel-style giant set piece third act thing but like a smaller more episodic actual noir movie that was actually about exploring these corners of the city and people's relationships with pokemon like that would be a really fascinating fun movie i think agreed 
I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Listeners, thank you very much for sticking with us. Please subscribe to the Slate Spoiler Specials podcast feed. And if you like the show, please rate and review it in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have suggestions for movies or TV shows we should spoil, or if you have any other feedback you'd like to share, please send it to spoilers at slate.com. Our producer is Danielle Hewitt, and our engineer is Merritt Jacob. Thank you for listening. <laughs>